We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Play action fake, throw over the middle, it's picked off, the Browns have it, 25-20, and it is Ronnie Hickman, he's in the 10, he's in the 5, he's in the pylon, he's in, touchdown, a pick 6 for the rookie from Ohio State. And listen to this place, the defense, it gives the energy to the crowd. Joe Flacco got hit, he rolls out of the hit, he runs it, then he throws it, and Ford caught it at the 30, at the 20. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown Weekend Edition. We're now on the 17th edition of this. It's myself and Andrew Spade here to bring you a little bit of Browns conversation before we dive into our weekend picks like we have all year. We really can't fade off on that because this Thursday night game, the only one the Browns obviously had all year, can lead you to get away from your schedule. But we're two committed fellows, and we're going to keep our pick stuff up because we're going to see this thing through to the end. So you can catch that in the second half of the episode. But as we always like to do... Following the game, we like to do the what we learn section, right, Andrew? So we we will do our usual banter on the four phases. And then um, actually it's three phases in football, folks. So we're going to do three phases uh, here, a little bit of, of banter on those with some other topics, too. What's up, man? How are you doing? Well, we've talked before about how it's always fun the day after the Browns win because the media you get to consume all of the little pieces, listening to Jim Donovan's call, watching the locker room video, all these things that you kind of expect you get used to. This was that on steroids, man, because the Browns are a national story right now because of what's happening, obviously. And so you have Joe Flacco doing media today. You, you just, it, it goes to another dimension with it being a holiday week. Everybody's kind of got more time on their hands. And so it just felt like it was Brown's day all day. It was just a, it was really fun. You're out doing other stuff. And every time you pick up your phone, there's another notification of this happens or somebody texts you something they saw or whatever. It's, 
It, I mean, I the only way I can say it, Jake, is we've talked about it in terms of looking forward to how the team plays. For for us, it it's just the, one of the ways you can bask in it and really enjoy it and soak this all in is just to like not move on. I you know I I haven't thought I truly have not thought about the game against the Bengals for a moment since since they started playing last night. I'm not, it's not even on my radar. I've thought about the playoffs a little bit, but I haven't thought about week 18 at all. So it's, it's just funny to, to be totally focused on still what happened really even 24 hours later. Yeah. We, we talked about hoping this would be an outcome where the national media would get to sort of rain praise on top of the Browns. And it would be a chance for Kevin Stefanski to cement his opportunity as the coach of the year. Joe Flacco could keep campaigning for his, comeback player of the year everything fell into place right it wasn't the cleanest game it was sloppy at times there were some weird things that happened but that general theme of what we were hoping for came to fruition and we were able to link up on the car ride home and put out a podcast but I know that I didn't get to bed until like 3 34 o'clock you were editing said podcast so you didn't get to bed until late so we're recording this one late at some point we're gonna have to make up for this lack of sleep but we'll get there eventually but for now, we, we chug forward just as That's the Browns right. are, you know, enjoying their uh, hopefully rest weekend. We're going to have to get a rest day in at some point. I'm not sure when that'll be, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get a coaches speak in our locker room, our metaphorical locker room. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. But anyway, let's um, let's dig into what we learned today from the Browns. We get some time with Kevin Stefanski. Players talked a little bit, too. A couple guys did. Uh, we did figure out Elijah Moore was a confirmed concussion and that he stayed in the hospital overnight. Uh, you know, anytime you get that sort of uh, convulsion, is that the way to put it, Andrew, where he's on the ground and yeah. the hands are shaking and uh, it, it's a scary scene, man. It's a really scary scene. So uh, we hope the best for Elijah. I don't know. His season could be done. Th- these are very strange and ones of that nature. I can't think of one I've seen on TV since Tua, right? Caught live. There could have been some other Sunday games out there that we've missed and not mm-hmm. watched where this has happened again. But uh, I think Tua was out. A good number of weeks, if I recall, Andrew. So I don't, I don't know Elijah Moore's status. More than anything, just hoping that he's going to be okay because those are, those are just hard to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's man, you you know that concussions can take different forms. It's it's part of what's so pernicious about that injury in sports is that sometimes guys can have a full blown concussion and and not look any different. Uh, and it takes a trained professional to notice the difference. This is the opposite, where it 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 becomes kind of crystal clear from the moment it happens that something is seriously wrong. You see the way the players react. You see the way that the officials react. It, and your mind goes to some dark places. You know, it's it's a, a, probably around the year anniversary of the, that Demar Hamlin game that we watched last year, and and how terrifying that was. And it's just a stark reminder, even on a play like that, where you watch it live, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel too out of control, but just the way that he falls, he's not able to cushion his blow head first or face mask first. And and it just scary, scary stuff. And I'm really glad to hear that he's doing okay. was able to go home today and hopefully he's able to recover uh, completely. That's all you can ever hope for in these situations. So the guys are able to, to live their life the way they were before the thing happened. I also always think about, you know, guys like Elijah who've been there every game and, you know, the season hasn't gone quite the way for him personally. Maybe some of us expected, probably not the way he expected, but to put forward his best game of the year in that game against a team that he, you know, 
cares about just left. And obviously the team that he left there cares about him immensely. The reaction from the jets coming over there to see him was, was really, you know, nice to see. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get to celebrate, right? That's the problem. I, I mean, I hate that for him. He doesn't get yeah. to celebrate in the locker room and all the stuff for the work that he's put in, but uh, hopefully he's okay. We'll keep you up to date on everything we hear about Elijah's situation. Uh, you know, uh, same with Amari Cooper who missed his first game since 2018, which was uh, rough, but the Browns, <laughs> Again, find a way to overcome it, uh, largely thanks to Elijah, who played a really good game and some other wide receivers stepped up and David had a special night and the backs got involved in some of the pass catching too. So um, that's the injury update we have on Elijah. There was a, I think it was a kickoff where I saw Mike Ford kind of hobble to the sideline. He kept playing, but he's dealing with a calf. So an important part of the special teams core is uh, is Mike Ford. So that's just something to keep your eye on this week as a sort of newer injury. Now, if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday, we obviously don't know what the Browns course of action is going to be for week 18 yet. If the Ravens win and lock up the division, there's some decisions to really be made. If the window of opportunity is small to win the division going into week 18 because the Dolphins win, I still think the Browns go out there to Cincinnati and try to win because you would you would just hate, you would hate to have gone through like play week 18, not play your guys the entire game. You, you lose that game and the Ravens somehow lose to the Steelers. So I would fully expect week 18 it probably wouldn't even be the worst thing Andrew for a team that's hot to continue to be out there and playing just continuing to 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 throw the uh throw the continuation of what you're doing because I think that would help uh them in this regard and even though I I mean you are getting 10 days here the mini buy helps Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know they could use all the time off in the world but I just I just think even if the odds are slim man I, I expect them to be out there yeah I do too that's that's my been my feel for it the whole time I it doesn't feel like Kevin Stefanski is the kind of guy that's going to really go full rest. I, I could see some strategic rest being used for some players that maybe have ongoing injuries, things that are bothering them, but they haven't sat for them because you you could really get somebody two full over two weeks off, which at this time of the year can be invaluable to help them be at their best for the, for the playoff game. So so maybe they try and be very strategic and identify a half dozen players. Maybe, you know, Juan Thornhill's got that calf. Ronnie Hickman's playing so well. Maybe give Thornhill the, the day off. I don't know. I also don't know. It's so hard to predict from here before the weekend what's going to be going on with the Bengals. Um, I don't think that they're eliminated if they lose to the Chiefs, but they've got injury issues of their own. Jamar Chase is struggling to get back. If they lose to the Chiefs, their playoff hopes are almost dashed, or maybe they are somehow. If they sit everybody, then that maybe also allows the Browns to try and win while also sitting some players. So all I know is that I I don't want to see them go too hard in that direction of preferring rest because I think they're one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And I I will take my chances with the injuries to keep that momentum going, blow the Bengals out by 20 points, and roll into whatever AFC South City it ends up being, one of the hottest teams in football with all that confidence. I want a team on a five game win streak for sure. Yeah, me too. Keep it rolling. Right. Um, we got, like you said, there was the round of media for the Browns that's out. I mean, Flacco's on Pat McAfee. That was a really cool interview to hear a lot of the conversation points and just sort of a reminder about Joe. The thing that stood out to me was when Joe's talking about the guys look at me so differently. Like I'm the guys in the locker room, look at me like I'm old. Like, like they, it's just not, I don't know if you even said that there was the old nature of it. It was just, like Flacco's kind of an NFL legend in a, in a weird way, like oh, not sure. even a weird way. He's a Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's been in all these places. He's seen a lot of things. And I think he just talks about how 
a lot of these guys grew up watching Joe. So then you get a chance to have him in your locker room. You know, it's kind of unique and cool. So he's just talking about the way the guys look at him. Was there any part of that that you enjoyed? Well, I think the fact that David Njoku is watching uh, Stavros's videos in the locker room is, I, I mean, I, I just, this, this team has really become one of the most likable sports teams I've ever seen, let alone Brown's team. It's for sure the most likable Brown's team that I have ever rooted for. I, I just think the David Njoku storyline where he has gone from being at times a guy who wanted a trade was on his way out the door, didn't want to be here and has talked candidly about how he didn't see eye to eye with the head coach to where he is now that if there, I think his performance in these games, who he is as a person and how meaningful he is to this team is such a great example of why stability and patience in team building is such a rare and valuable thing in the NFL because that's a player that the Browns had two dozen opportunities to to move on from, give up on. He had opportunities to give up on the Browns. They replaced him with Austin Hooper, a player who's mm-hmm. functionally out of the league at this point. Yep. Like it's just it's incredible what he has become and I think the fact that Flacco said in that interview he was the one of the main guys welcoming Joe into the locker room, helping him kind of feel at home. It's it's crazy that that's the same player that at one point you're like this guy is never going to get it. This is a bust. This is a complete. He, he's to me he's he's probably it, when you start thinking about the most valuable players on their offense, he's probably now third behind Nick Chubb and whoever the quarterback is. And he's going to be a three contract guy. Like that's sure. where it's going. Oh, and there are not many. There are not many Browns in the last decade or two who have been true like big third contract with the team they drafted him. You know, there's Joe Thomas, there's Betonio, but there's not there's not a gigantic number of those guys, especially at the skill position of all things. Right. So um, we can't talk. There's going to be time to serenade everything that, that that's become of David and Joku taking shots after the game with fans like that guy. That guy's probably going to get a little bit of a talking to for some of the things finding. Their way I don't to the think camera, so, but man. I, I think I, people are I, just going to give him a hearty pat on the back and. He he does more uh, fan drinking, engagement stuff than drinking beer though on the field. Uh, the NFL might have uh, just a little like, hey man. Well, the NFL, not yeah. I, I thought you meant the team. The team loves it. No, yeah, yeah. The 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 stuff with fans and so I don't, you know, I don't care about that. Go go crazy, man. But but yeah, the NFL. Anyway, I don't give a shit. It's he's having fun and we love it. And it's it, he fits with he fits with the fan base. And then uh, other things came out like Mike McDaniel, who I don't think this podcast could have a higher approval rating of saying today when he was talking to the Miami media that a lot of people were worried about what they didn't have except the Browns. I thought that was a really cool quote. It's a great because quote. that's that's true. Everybody talks about, you know, when they have these injuries, we don't have this, we don't have that. And he's saying the Browns are never worried about that. They they overcame, right? And that's why they're an NFL league wide story right now. You know, they're, they're, the Miami Dolphins shouldn't care about the Browns this time of year. They're getting asked questions about it. That tells you something, right? So, uh, you know, we're living in a <laughs> we're living in a unique time that we want to really just soak it all in, and uh, we want to yeah. share all of those soak in things with you. Monday morning quarterback also wrote some interesting stuff here, Andrew, that we should probably go over. If you want to hit the two talking points of that one, we can hit on that real quick. Yeah. So the number one thing is that the Browns took that period of time where they were aware that Watson was probably going to miss the re- re- remainder of the season. Uh, while he was seeking that second opinion. And so the beginning of that week, right, they beat the Ravens on Sunday and we didn't find out till Wednesday morning that he was done for the year. 
they took that period of time, that 48 hours to evaluate what the free agent quarterback options were. And the way Andrew Barry handled it was he had Catherine Raich and Glenn Cook, the two assistant general managers, go and evaluate their free agent lists of quarterbacks and see how they rank them. And Albert Breer said that they had different players at second and third position, but they had the same guy at number one, and it was Joe Flacco. So they moved forward. He also mentioned that Kevin Stefanski reached out to Gary Kubiak, uh, whom he worked with in Minnesota, and talked through who uh, Flacco was as a player because Kubiak had uh, Flacco as a, as a player one year when when he was the offensive coordinator in Baltimore. So the due mm. diligence was was done. This was not a an impulse thing by the Browns to bring him in. I think that's proven by the fact that they didn't reach out on Monday. They they spent the week doing their research, and he didn't even work out until that Friday. So. The, the path to this was not pick up a phone and start calling numbers. This was a yep. considered thing, and, and, and it ended up being he was their first choice. And I think – I don't think if they were being honest, and I'm, I'm sure they would say they didn't expect this. I don't think you could reasonably no. expect this from a quarterback who has been out of the league for most of a, a calendar year. But I think they did do a good job of understanding the player – and what they might be getting. And that between the front office and the coaching staff allowed them to put a plan in place. I I also, the other, the other piece is that uh, Albert Beer said he has it on good information that Joe Flacco is interested in playing for two more seasons. So next year, the year after. So yeah, that obviously becomes relevant down the road. We will continue. We're not going to do it now. We're not doing it now. We're going to stick to our pledge of not doing it now, even though it's the only thing my dad wanted to talk about on the phone uh, when we talked about the game. Big Joe Flacco, big with the dads. Let's put it that way. Changing some minds is one way to say it. Yeah. So we we will get to that conversation in due time. There will be so much time for that conversation. But but for now, I, I think it's just interesting from the standpoint that when we're watching these games over the next few weeks. I think it's it's keeping that in mind is worth thinking because I, I think I think Joe Flacco understands what an opportunity this is for him to go out mm-hmm. the way that he wants to go out. And if he wants to keep playing and find an, another opportunity to lead a team, the performances he's putting on tape right now are making that case for him, I think, the strongest possible way. He's going to be on plenty of radars this offseason. Plenty. Um Okay, let's dig into what we learned from the game, right? Uh, the specific thing I think we took away from this is that we thought this game was going to be low-scoring slugfest. I think we were pretty comfortable in feeling like the Browns were going to struggle to move the football and the Jets. And while they didn't have a great second half of moving the football, when they were opening it up and being aggressive, they didn't struggle, Andrew. The opening drive, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, great drive, great script. Second drive. Oh, okay. We're off script now a little bit, and they're finding some real issues with this Jets secondary that they are considerably picking on. And, you know, I think the biggest thing you and I have talked about is a couple things, right? Like, obviously, the Jets, not a uh, not an elite run defense, but, you know, pretty solid. Pretty solid. I think people were trying to say that they were like 24th in the NFL. I didn't see that. Their success rate and EPA stuff it painted a different picture. They're not a bad run defense. We'll talk about that in a second, but we wanted to see how they'd be able to throw against teams with better secondaries than what we've seen. Not that the bears aren't good. Some of these teams, the Jags aren't good, but like they're going to be in the playoffs playing these caliber of defenses, right? So 
how do they handle that when a team can maybe make you throw a lot and you have to throw? Can you handle that? Right. Especially down Amari Cooper. Right. So I think there was a big test here quite easily passed it. We wanted to see how they'd handle a team who played a higher volume of man coverage against cover one. Flacco was six of eight, 137, two touchdowns, no picks. Fantastic. They had no issue with man coverage. So not to say every time they play a defense of this caliber, they're going to put up the performance that they put up in this game. Obviously not all 34 points were scored by the offense. It was the defense chipping in with Ronnie Hickman's interception. Right. But, and I think even late the, uh, the defense, it was 37, not 34, but they, they also got the help of a late, I think, turnover on downs, and they, they kicked a field goal, right? So, right. Um, but still, beyond good enough. I mean, Flacco threw for essentially 300 yards in the first half, and then it was just sort of put the thing in cruise control and just get to the finish line. So I am really encouraged, Andrew, and I'm, I'm to the point where I think anything is possible in the playoffs. I just do. I think anything I, – I, I think you would agree with me, even after the first couple of Flacco starts, I said – on this podcast, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's kind of a fun story. They could go to the playoffs here uh, when we were trying to calculate them getting to nine, 10 wins. Yeah. I, I've walked that back in recent weeks. I've said I was wrong. They are proving that they can play with anybody here and that there is a ceiling of which we do not know. We do not know. They could play with anybody. And there's the, like, <laughs> we're having these, uh, these slack conversations amongst our guys about like, how do they get a home playoff game? But like, would that be in the AFC championship game? Like Flacco's ability to navigate this thing is opening you up to all sorts of possibilities. And I I'm genuinely um, to the point that I will not cap it anymore. Like I, they could, th- th- this weird wild world we're in, they could play in the Super Bowl. So I'm there. Yeah. I think that's the only real place to be at this point it just feels too it feels too much evidence that right exactly and and i think the the biggest the biggest point here jake is just the the improvement week to week that's the part that's worth talking about the the new york jets are the third best defense in the league by dvoa for the season this is not a top 10 unit this is a top three unit right Mm -hmm. they are better than the 49ers they're better than the cowboys they're better than a lot of these defenses that, that you have in your head at, at the top of the league, I, I, they they get a ton of credit. They deserve it all. They're a very, very good defense. Now, they do struggle against Kevin Stefanski, which is something that uh, Robert Mays was mentioning on his podcast, which is very interesting. But I don't. I, I think the, the part that I'm paying attention to is the fact that the quarterback and the offensive play caller are in absolute sync. Mm-hmm. which is crazy to say considering he's played five games, but it's the truth. You can see, you can see it for yourself on a play to play basis. He knows where the ball is going on these plays. He's getting through his reads quickly. He's finding the guy. He's finding the answer. I think you, what you and I were talking kind of about Kevin Stefanski in the pre-show and, and you were saying that Stefanski's so good at putting an answer, having an answer to coverages in the route combinations that he's running Joe Flacco is doing a great job of finding the answer r- routinely. And so the combination of those two things does absolutely lift the ceiling off. I thought uh, Cleve Tia, who I know has, has been on your show, is a, is a, is a great uh, voice for predicting the NFL. He's very, very good at kind of having a sense for where the league is headed. has made the point that since 2018 – both uh, representatives in the Super Bowl have had a top 10 explosive play rate on offense 
And so you that's that's one metric you can look at. You can't over the last five, six years, you can't make the Super Bowl without a, a top ten explosive play rate on offense. The Browns for the season are in the twenties. But since Flacco took over at quarterback, they're second. So you pair this defense, which is still statistically the best defense in the league, with and has the best player in the league, the and I would argue the best defensive front in the league. You pair that with an offense now that is instead of being mediocre is explosive, even if sometimes that is for the other team, the turnovers, whatever. But the point is, is that they can score quickly and they can, they can gain chunk yardage. You think about how you have to win in the playoffs. You have to clamp down on what the other team wants to do. And you have to find a way to manufacture points to, to, to jump on a team, to find a way to score quickly at the end of a half or at the end of a game. The Browns have, developed that skill over the past few weeks and I expect that that will continue they have right now of the teams that you look at in the league I think you could make the case that they maybe have one of the best recipes now for having playoff success and they have one of the most experienced quarterbacks in terms of playoff success like we throw flowers at Josh Allen he's not played in nearly the same number of playoff games as Joe Flacco Patrick Mahomes hasn't even, right? You're talking about Tua Tagovailoa having to potentially go on the road and play a playoff game. Joe Flacco has done all of this. He has seen it all. He's not going to be flustered nearly in the same way that these other guys are. So I I think it's not just that you're not going to put a ceiling on it. I don't think that there's any reason to be scared of having really big dreams. Yep, I'm with you. Can't really put it much better than that to be honest i mean you can only ignore the evidence for so long i mean the explosive play stuff is so true anytime you think your team can can score uh, sort of at the drop of a hat like then then you start to picture how you beat some of these teams that are really challenging right so i couldn't agree more about where the offense is going and i think flacco deserves the credit of what this could ultimately be because again we know the ravens defense. the browns know the ravens defense like that's the most intimidating defense left, right? Mm-hmm. There's challenges from the other side that we'll get to eventually, but I, I don't think there's any reason to live in a world of fear that they can't beat some of these teams. Now, we can look at it when it's all said and done, and we'll understand why it came to fruition, but like, there's no reason to think your Browns cannot. Like, There's no, they cannot. There have been versions of the Chiefs in recent years, I think that you could say, hey man, yeah, it's not happening. 100%. But, this year is not that year, so it really isn't. There's not, there's not that team. They're, they're no. just, if to put it plainly, there is not that team. I think that people want the Ravens to be that team because of what they just did to the 49ers. But I, I watched that game closely. I think we both did. We talked about it. There was a path there for the 49ers. It wasn't one sided at all. Uh, yeah, a lot of variant stuff with tip balls yeah, happening, and another there. and another young quarterback who is in a pressure yeah. game and and struggled. So, look, I mean, look, look, I'm looking at the, the NFL playoff field, Jake. There's there's not another veteran quarterback out there. Tom Brady's retired. No, not, not like that. Yeah, not, not to this degree. Right. And and as you said, the only other defense that, that measures up to the tier that the Browns, the Jets, and the Ravens are at is the Ravens. Yeah. So, yep, it, yep. <laughs> I mean, I... You can really, I guess the way to say it is you can really you whip can dream yourself, big. Yeah, you can whip yourself up into a frenzy pretty easily because just think about what these other teams have. And and listen, watch. We've got the weekend off now. 
You don't have to watch the Browns on Sunday at one. Watch these other teams. And in your in your mind's eye, imagine what the Browns' defense would do to those quarterbacks. Imagine what Flacco would do to some of these secondaries that are struggling for health. The, you know, the, nobody else in the league has the secondary depth that the Browns have right now. Getting healthier every right? day, too. Right. Um, yeah, it, like it's a it's a world where my uh, brother in law put some money down on to win the Super Bowl, and I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. No, I so. should do that probably. Yeah, you can get some good odds. Uh, all right, listen, we have to talk about running efficiency. I thought it was better, right? They they clearly ran it uh, better in terms of the variety of stuff that they ran, and I thought they hit some nice stuff bouncing in a little bit here and there, kind of taking advantage of some uh, collapsing edge guys from the Jets, and uh, I think all that's good and great. They ended up running for like 100 yards, which is a good step in the right direction, but I think it's not hard to look at Jerome Ford and see a guy who should get 15 to 20 snaps a game. Pierre Strong will give you a run here and there, but then he gets – into some situations where it's like, all right, man, why did you do that? What route did you choose to go? Uh, he's, he's, I would imagine in practice, he's incredibly frustrating for the organization to, they don't trust him period. Yeah. Him and Cedric and, Tillman are in the tr- Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to trust him, but they can't. And it's like the running back stuff. You made a good point of this weeks ago is in a rough spot. And I don't think it's crazy to desire another back to get opportunity the thing that we uh, discovered, you and I, while looking into this, is that the uh, people to give said opportunity to are not very uh, oh, plentiful. Man, it's an man. ugly group. It's yeah. an ugly group. Like we came up with four names, and how feasible it is to get some of these. Get we ready don't to know. get excited, folks. Yeah, these are these are the four. Like again, you're talking about a bunch of names that you wouldn't know that sound like created players in a video game. Some that you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that name, right? Maybe in the draft process or something of the like. And then, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. These are the best four we have. Yeah. So, I mean, Leonard Fournette is on the practice squad for the bills. So you assume that he's essentially not available because what the only pitch you would make is if he comes here, he's the starting running back. So yeah. maybe he would rather do that than be in a timeshare with James Cook. I think it was a missed opportunity, frankly, that they that they didn't find a way to 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 bring him in, and I think they're probably regretting that now. Uh, other than that, you've you've got guys like Miles Gaskin is a name uh, that's out there. He's on the Vikings practice squad. Uh, also on the uh, Vikings practice squad is a player, Dwayne McBride, uh, a second year player, I think, out of UAB. Uh, and then uh, Tariq Cohen is on the Panthers practice squad. He's really more of a a pass catching back, probably not, but certainly not an every down back. So you end up pretty quickly with some names that, that quite frankly, don't make sense. It, it, uh, there, there's <laughs> the true answer is that there's not an obvious solution to this problem. There really isn't. They, they probably let it go too long thinking that they were going to be able to find an internal solution that was going to emerge. Yeah. And, that and they, they would develop in a way that would matter. Yeah. Right. I think and, that- and I think they, they bet wrong. I, I mean, I, I can't put it any more bluntly than that. I, I think, yeah. and it's, we talked about it a little bit last night. It's, it's just concerning because you see with the case we just laid out, the way they can score points on offense, the way they play defense, they can get these big leads. And then the question becomes, what do you do with it? And you don't need Nick Chubb to sit on a lead in the NFL. You do not need a guy who averages over five yards a carry to grind the clock out in the third and fourth quarters of a playoff win. You don't you do not need an elite running back for that. You just need a guy who can get downhill quickly, 
put his pads down, get your four yards. And people will say, well, Kareem Hunt can do that. Uh, I, not, not 20 carries a game. He can't. Yeah. Sporadically. Right. Yeah. No, they so, can't. The, the options, the, the, generally just the thing to know is the options aren't good. You might be saying, and I think this is fair to wonder, you know, go out and get somebody. Can you bring somebody in? Well, there's not an answer just sitting around. Not, right. not a clear answer that we could find. There's some people they could take a swing on. Could you bring John Kelly up? I mean, hell, it's worth a shot. I wouldn't hate the idea of doing it, but they're in a spot here where they're just going to have to hope they can perform. And I mean, like Jerome Ford made a huge catch and run. I'm not, we're not trying to say these are useless players. I just think that it's pretty abundantly clear that they don't have a type of player at that position right now that can do that for them. And they had some opportunities to maybe get a bit more of a sledgehammer type who could get them some of those yards a bit more consistently than Kareem can, um, you know, and, and, uh, mix mix some of that talent fresh legs late in the season into that opportunity but they don't have an answer so they're gonna we're gonna see them ride with who there's here maybe kelly gets a chance i don't know it looks doubtful at this point but yeah uh it it feels like this is the the backfield situation here i'm just gonna tell you i'm gonna scout a lot of running backs during this draft process just to sort of see if there's um a guy they can start to to really i mean because i mean nick's out there and smashing guitars and stuff and i thought it was walking pretty well but serious knee injury and who knows the timetable on nick coming back to be nick so they can't go into the next season with this running back group they can't yeah, they no. gotta they gotta add a real player there yeah the, the only other thing i'll say jake is you sometimes do see players released from teams that know that they're not gonna have a path to the playoffs and want to do right by a player we've seen that happen with some other players here tart recently got cut loose Play, that does happen from time to time, with especially with players that are about to be free agents. Mm-hmm. You can kind of dream, right? The player, the player that I saw when I was looking through all this stuff is Derrick Henry. Now, I, that's fanciful. Probably he gets claimed by somebody else before he even gets to the Browns. But I, I, I just, I, I wanted to mention it just because they. That's exactly. I mean, obviously he's an extreme example, but that's exactly the type of player they need. Is a is a physical running back that can handle running between the tackles reliably. Um, while we're while we're uh, quibbling about uh, end of the roster personnel stuff, the Elijah Moore injury last night with Cooper already out also reminded me that they traded Donovan Peoples Jones at midseason. Yeah, when you're in that situation where things are getting tight on the depth chart, you know it it does it does pop up. It does pop up, especially when you're watching Cedric Tillman piss off the quarterback actively on a fourth down right? right so i mean i don't know if donovan ends up mattering all too much but he's at least a guy who knew where to be and how to be there we're not going to make spectacular plays all the time but he knew this offense he knew what they were asking him to do yeah. so it would be nice to have that uh, in my opinion yeah I, and i i know there's nothing easier in the nfl than second guessing so i don't want to just sit here and idly second guess i'm only pointing out and i think we talked about this at the time when they made that trade that this is a team that is at the peak of a contention window. The The mm-hmm. way they've played this year with all of these injuries proves to you how deep this roster is and how much talent they have. And so it, it what you are afraid of is ending up in a position where you just don't have a guy at a certain position. And the wide receiver thing, I just wanted to mention it in passing. The running back thing, I'm I, I really feel pretty strongly, as I've said for a few weeks, that they – just don't have they're they're a guy short there they they are they just are and i don't think that there's a path now to fix it and that's yeah. that's frustrating considering I, I do think that we will it will be a factor in in their playoff games 
Yeah, maybe a franchise legend like Henry probably doesn't get cut, but could like an Ezekiel Elliott get cut out of New right. England, the guy who great. signed a one-year short that's window a deal? Call. That's a great call. Yes, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And that's possible would be, in these last two weeks. That's a perfect fit for what they need, honestly. Yeah. Go yeah, take go would, t- somebody. Somebody, we have to have a listener that knows somebody. If, if they brought Ezekiel Elliott back to play for the Browns, like yeah. I think some people might just like give in, just totally like Browns fans of right, like these Ohio State guys. So this is a pretty popular video that people think Garrett Wilson was letting Ronnie Hickman score and <laughs> dapping him up in the end zone. So maybe the brotherly love stuff can keep growing. They'll bring in another bucket. That would be fun. That'd be a fun little story. But that's yeah, a, for the most part, like that's goal, Jake. That's exactly the yeah. type of guy that could get cut loose and it would be thrilled to be on a playoff team like this. And it would yeah, be a great fit for, for sure. what they need. Couldn't agree more. So let's see if we can get it to happen, Bill. What do you say? Help out your old franchise. Send him over. We'll take care of him. All right. So uh, we talked about that. Talked about uh, run efficiency stuff. Let's hit defense real quick. I mean, you got to talk about Ronnie Hickman. You and I had banter on like, now that Juan Thornhill plays, what's the role for him look like? Does he just back up? Uh, you know, in this situation, does he does he does he slide over and play somewhere else for somebody else? Take snaps away from another person? Well, that happened, man. He he played some deep safety. He played you know some 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 close to the line stuff. If you look at Hickman, here's his alignments. He played 36 snaps at free safety. He played a lot of split safety stuff. And then he played three snaps in the slot and he got down in the box one time to play as well. So he moved around more than he customarily does. They played him alongside um, one Thornhill, a good amount. Thornhill played 58 snaps. Your second highest safety snap number was Ronnie Hickman at 40. So that's encouraging that they really like him uh, and they want to find him uh, on the field as often as they can. Uh, they're just being justified, obviously. Right. So um, the other safeties that played, uh, you saw a cut down in De'Anthony Bell down to 31 snaps, and then Deron Harmon only played 13. So he clearly is a guy that they're like, we have to find a way to get him on the football field and play him. And that meant moving Juan around a little bit more. Juan played 10 snaps in the box. He played six snaps in the slot. So you want to read the leaves here, little Andrew. They love Ronnie Hickman. They, they're they not going to take him off the field. They were not going to let the return of Thornhill take him off the field. Mm-hmm. They like him at free. He reads things well. And then what, you know, Kevin, I don't know if you have the quote in front of you, but Kevin gave a nice quote about him in the immediate aftermath of the game too. Yeah. Kevin said after the game, talking about his pick six, it was incredible. The ball finds Ronnie Hickman. It's incredible. Out of practice, walkthroughs, somehow the ball finds its way into his lap and he does a great job. So yeah, I I think that idea of a player that the ball kind of finds him or he finds the ball, knows how to do it, has a nose for the football, as they say. That is a skill. That is a skill. It's a hard. It's a very hard one to measure statistically, but that sort of knack for reading a quarterback's eyes, the pick six is a great example of him drifting a little bit more than what probably is coached, but he's trusting his instincts and his instincts paid off in a big way. So that sort of playmaking skill is a, is a skill at safety that the Browns have not had in a very, very long time in terms of a player that that is magnetized to the ball and has has a way of finding it in those in those situations and then can pay it off with a score too because you got to remember they they got the ball inside the red zone with that uh kick return fumble and they went four and out so yep. just because he returns it the, the jets as we have said a bunch of times the jets defense is good they could have held firm but he puts it in the end zone that matters that part of it actually does matter because you want 
on a play like that, if you can find a way to get those yards, you want those yards and you want those points. So we, you, you've got our attention. Uh, exactly. It's the, best, it's the best way I can say it, man. He yeah. is, he is not doing this once in a while. He's doing it every time he's found the field. Like, I know we kind of laugh at the grade stuff, but if you're over 90, they also think you're playing pretty well. And if yeah, we're seeing it with the naked eye, kind of matching it around to a bunch of different sources here, it's pretty obvious he's playing really good football. And uh, you should be really excited. I'm really excited about the the prospect of like, they took a, a UDFA and DeAnthony Bell and have turned him into a functional backup, a really nice backup for Grant Delpit. I mean, Again, I can't stress this enough. Thornhill was comfortable enough to play 58 snaps. He could have played every single snap, and he could have done his normal center field role all game. They said, we have to keep playing Ronnie Hickman. We we have Deron Harmon here, who is a veteran who's won Super Bowls. We have to play Ronnie Hickman. Paid off. Big time. There you go. And that, that stuff about the ball finds him. That's something that starts at camp. That's something that starts in a bunch of different plays. The practices is where it's showing up translating to games i would love for him to be a long-term answer that'd be such a great great outcome uh, i thought generally before we get to the attitude i think we should hit on miles miles played a, a great game he's impacting <laughs> he's impacting everything i think that this year andrew feels like the year where you don't have to lead the league in sacks to win this award i i actually have seen a conscious shift from smart people covering the nfl to stop looking at baseline statistics to do this yep and I think we're in the year where Miles maybe doesn't have 18, 19 sacks, but wins the award because of what this defense has done and the impact he's making in win rates and changing the time to throw for quarterbacks, everything around it. I think that there's a chance we see that that fully shift. Micah Parsons has a couple good games to close out the year. It's going to get tight. But those are the two guys who are doing this. And, um, you know, Miles was great, but we come to find out you know, afterward, he's dealing with some pretty heavy personal stuff here. And uh, we didn't know. I don't think anybody could know, but it seems like from what he told us, he lost his uncle uh, who was uh, unexpected at a procedure and unexpectedly passed away. He was at Thanksgiving. So it's been recent that he's been with him. And it seems, Andrew, that it's having a real impact on his mental state of mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it it very obviously did during the game and after the game. He he it was, it was apparent he wasn't himself. It it really came off the screen. And, and so now we understand why. And it's, it's always a shame because these, we think of these people less as, as yeah. yeah, as right. Less as human beings and more as robots or, or entertainers, you know, that, that yeah. aren't allowed to have personal lives. And, and I, I really feel for him because you, you are put in a no-win situation there because it, you you almost can't even entertain the idea of not playing, but it's also hard to feel like you're yourself and be focused on the task at hand. And and also, you know, to your point earlier, Elijah Moore didn't get to celebrate. I'm sure Miles didn't feel like celebrating. Yeah, because right. what you know, the, it really puts all of this stuff in perspective. And so, I, I just hope that he's able to take this time where he's got a little bit of time off here and and find a little bit of peace with it and spend some time with his family kind of recenter himself because it's it's so hard for this stuff to happen when you feel like you have to have a divided attention and and obviously you want him to be able to put all of his attention towards his family and and grieving yeah miles is not a football first guy it's quite obvious he does everything for his job 
that matters. Nobody's ever questioned how much he cares about doing his job uh, to the, to the highest degree. But if you've ever spent time listening to Miles Garrett talk or interviews or think he is so much more than football, like where Miles Garrett goes after football is equally fascinating to me than figuring out if he gets in the hall of fame, because I think that guy is going to change lives when he's done, because I think he's got that kind of reach impact personality. And it's just, it's just evident to me, Andrew, that he, when he feels, he feels deeply, right? So, uh, you know, he's talking about being in a fog and, uh, just not being there mentally and I mean to be as good as he was in my opinion when you weren't really there mentally is another testament to sort of the special player he is we just hope that the person can find a way like you said to to make it so that he can do this job without feeling awful right that's that's the one thing that you want but again these guys aren't robots <laughs> like they they feel the same things we feel so all we can say is that we're thinking of you, Miles, and sending as many good vibes as we possibly can. And I don't know how many of you knew about any of that, but that's what we were trying to pass along uh, a message. So, uh, you know, all the best to Miles to sort this out. But uh, it's kind of to close. I thought generally people were sort of upset with the defense. I, I thought that the defense played in a a, a very not, not passive, Andrew. They did only blitz nine dropbacks. They weren't necessarily passive. But they were just like, we cannot let explosive plays happen. That felt to me like they knew if they play their base concepts, take care of their responsibility, do their job, that they were going to win this football game. So I think that there were times where they were playing a little bit reactionary instead of that aggressive stuff they like to do, snap to snap. And that's sort of why that, I think you would agree with me, that game felt different from like a shutting them down perspective because you know, you and I talked about how do the Jets find success? Well, fluky stuff would have to happen, right? And I think the Browns were trying really hard not to let the fluky stuff happen and make the Jets earn it. Um, the Jets' time to throw was 2.33 seconds, which is, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to look at this in the next couple hours here, but like, I think that's probably the quickest time to throw in the NFL this year. Like, they were just catching it and getting rid of it to backs, shallows, whatever they could get rid of. Um, so I thought the defense for, for again, jumping out the way the offense jumped out, did a really nice job, Andrew, in, uh, in shutting down, you know, the way the jets were trying to attack, just doing the best with the situation, I guess is the way to say it. Yeah. I mean, they, they gave up 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the, the pick six goes on their bill, but it's, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with them. I'll tell you that much. So, uh, the, 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 Touchdown drive was the first drive of the game. So you, you you take take away your opening drive game script, which, you know, credit to Nathaniel Hackett for putting something together that worked really well against all the man coverage. Mm -hmm. Three points the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that there are people who thought this was a really bad defensive performance. Like the what we learned element here is that it doesn't change my opinion of this defense at all. That's kind of what no, I still think they're no, really... No, not at all. And I think... We talked about Hickman already. My opinion of this defense continues to rise because they they the some of these injury situations have given opportunities to people who have stepped forward. Players have stepped forward and their depth is in a really good spot. If they can get Grant Delpit back healthy for the playoffs. So I'm jogging on the treadmill recently. Right? He's moving. Exactly. If Okoronkwo can come back, you're now talking four edge rushers because Alex Wright is a player now. So you're rotating four edge rushers. You can definitely bump Wright, Smith, and Garrett all inside. Mm -hmm. And then at, at safety, you're talking about 
four playable safeties between Delpit, Thornhill, Harmon, and Hickman. And you've got your four playable corners with Mitchell, Emerson, Ward, and Newsom. So I, I don't have any hesitation about where this defense is. If anything, I'm more excited because they, yeah, I, I think your point about what they were trying to do is absolutely part of it. I also think they understood that this is not the game where they have to win it single-handedly by making every play they could. They understand now they're getting a little bit of slack for the first time all season. They have had to be flawless game after game after game. What the offense is doing all of a sudden is giving them a little bit of breathing room, and I'm fine with them taking it here next week against Cincinnati before you go into the playoffs. And and I I fully expect wherever that playoff game is, when, when the Browns are the five seed, unless they somehow manage a miracle here with Baltimore losing the next two, but I fully expect the defense in that game to be suffocating to such an extreme that it's. <laughs> I, I think that whatever team they play is going to have a really, really difficult time just even moving the ball because of where they're going to be at mentally for that playoff game. Yeah, this one, this one felt like they knew they, you know, uh, weren't going to get much help from the offense, right? So they just needed to kind of keep things in front, make things tough on the Jets. I have no problem with what they did, and maybe some people didn't like the the sort of nature of some of the decisions they made early and concept scheme stuff. But it was clear, pretty clear to me that the the attitude, the shift of what they wanted to do for a game like that was very focused on. Oh, all right, now we're up twenty seven to fourteen or twenty seven seven. How do we manage this? Right? I thought that was the general feel. Uh, we're going to close on this part on special teams. The kickoff team is making me uh, just two things. Kickoff team is making me nervous. The depth is clearly challenged. As more of these guys get on the field more consistently, that means guys who had big roles in kickoff team um, are obviously uh, finding different people to fill those shoes. And uh, if Mike Ford's out, I just again, it's it's super nitpicking. The, the hell, the team even created a massive turnover, but they're giving up alleys, they're giving up run lanes, and every single thing matters in playoff games. And that unit is just concerning me. If they could find a way to get Riley Patterson or Dustin Hopkins when he gets back to make sure that no kick returns happen, that would be great. Yeah, we could shut because those down. they're not. We're not we're not seeing them be very good at. It. I also thought Riley Patterson was kind of fine. He doesn't have a great leg warmups like mm-hmm. 52 is the max maximum period. Yeah. I think Hopkins got out to 57, 58, 59. Like this is the maximum for him. But I thought he was he missed the one PAT to the right. Right. Just kind of just missed it. But I thought he did a great job the next time out of correcting that. Mm-hmm. And and I just I don't know. I thought he was fine. I'm not really worried about it. I even thought Matt Hawk. I was pronouncing it Matt Hack forever. And then the crowd thought they said Mike Hawk, which is obviously a pretty funny one uh, when you say that pretty quickly. But uh, it's pronounced Matt Hawk. I did not know that. It's not Matt Hack. So you learn something new every day, apparently. <laughs> there you go. That's why you guys come to this podcast. We're the experts, right? Did you know that? I had no idea. I've always said Matt Hack when I've uh, seen that. I don't, You're I don't, laughing I, at me. I think you were screwing it up, too. I No, I was laughing because you found a way to sandwich. It's not, his name, first name is not even Mike. So I, I know, but you got these people who are drinking in the stands. Well, no, I understand what, they what happens hear. up there on the lakefront. I understand <laughs> how that goes. Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, they again credit to the front office for finding an answer on an incredibly short week those those injuries both happened sunday on the road and they had specialists ready to go who looked pretty comfortable as you said by thursday yeah. that's an incredible job by them of and and by the way the day after they won that game in houston was christmas so they had to organize a tryout for a kicker on christmas and the holding was good 
all yeah. of it clean. I, I, it was all smooth. Yeah, the you miss an extra point, but I mean Hopkins missed those. Man, I yeah the 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 distance is the question. So you hope even if Patterson has to go next week in Cincinnati, you hope Hopkins is back for the playoff game. That's what we're all we've all got our fingers crossed for. Right on. We're going to take a break. Our only break of the episode. Come back and we're going to lightning round pick our football games like we always do. We don't want to skip this part. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, bowl week stuff. Sitting, This is the final week of bowl week. I guess we can pick the championship game whenever that comes to fruition, but so far in bowls, if you're if you're if you're taking our picks, you're losing a lot of money. I am twelve seventeen and one. Andrew is nine twenty and one. Oof. Um, I I mean, if we're rolling into the regular season where you had me by two games, technically I'm up by one game going into this vital third yeah, week of bowl season. We so man, we were doing, but yeah, no, I, but we are now because I like I like that idea. Okay, great. It gives me the advantage. Did you have a Here pick we go. for the uh, Missouri Ohio State game that uh, happened? This I season? felt like Missouri was the way I was going to lean. Oh, okay, you. interesting, great, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure Ohio State was a pretty significant favorite there right oh i mean i've seen devin brown play quarterback before so i didn't feel very comfortable yeah notre dame that. had a very impressive win today anyway these are things that have happened in the past let's move forward 
Ole Miss, Penn State. We get those two in. Uh, let me make sure I get the bowl names pulled up here correctly. The yeah, Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, folks. Trans Perfect <laughs> Music City Bowl. It has Penn State laying four and a half. Who are you taking? I want the points. All right. I will take Penn State in that one. Uh, so we split them up. We have Auburn, Maryland next. Uh, that I, I'm an idiot. That one actually was the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, Penn State. Auburn, okay. Maryland is the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Uh, we have Maryland getting six and a half in this one. I want the points. I will take Auburn, whatever. Keep splitting them up. Uh, Georgia and Florida State, 4 o'clock kick, your Capital One Orange Bowl. Florida State's their second quarterback is in the portal. They have so many guys not playing in this one. Georgia's Mm -hmm. laying 20. Yeah. (laughs) I think think I'm going to take the points in this one uh, just because I think Florida State fights, but uh, I don't feel great about it, and I know you're taking the opposite. I am laying the 20. All right, uh, Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Why is this even Toledo? I, Toledo in Wyoming. Here we Will go. Anybody be watching this? Negative. It's on. It's actually even on at the exact same. It's on the CW network. It's an embarrassment to the schools. Uh, I'm going to take Wyoming. Wyoming's laying three and a half. Uh, Daquan Finn, the uh, special quarterback for Toledo's in the portal. I'm just going to take Wyoming. Oh, is he really? It's I was about to take Toledo, to but yeah, let's uh, lay the points with Wyoming. Well, no, you shame that their quarterback <sighs> transferred. Should have kept that information myself now we get to new year's day on monday we get a noon rely quest bowl between seven and five wisconsin nine and three lsu i don't think Jaden daniels is going to be playing right i mean no. i'll still take lsu yep i'm laying those points with lsu too love brian kelly big fan of brian kelly huge Brian. what a great what a great coach yeah. uh liberty person, in oregon too. yeah right right on treats people well uh the vrbo <laughs> fiesta bowl liberty in oregon 13 and 0 liberty number 23 in the country 11 and 2 Oregon. Oregon laying 16 and a half. Who are you taking? We're both laying the points with Oregon. Don't even pretend. All right. You you answered it for me. Next one is Iowa and Tennessee, one o'clock Cheese It Citrus Bowl. The Cheese It. Wouldn't you want to get a you know like a, you like a food sponsor a, here? A, a, it's like a breakfast cereal. You get a bowl of Cheez Its and you just pour it orange juice all over it. It's a breakfast such a weird it. sponsor. It's a Cheese It Citrus Bowl. All right. Iowa, Tennessee, 10 and 3 Iowa, 8 and 4 Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's laying six points, but I know their starting quarterback, Joe Milton's not playing in this one. He opted out. Hawkeyes. You going the Hawkeyes? Uh, I think I am too. Great. Uh, speaking of uh, bowl sponsorship things, did you watch the thing last night? I know that it was during the Browns game, but the uh, Pop-Tarts Bowl with the Pop-Tart being eaten. Wait, it was during the Browns game? Yeah. How the hell would I have watched that, Andrew? Well, you've got a phone. You were tweeting a lot. I was very locked into the game. I didn't, but I heard funny stuff. What happened? So someone had to eat a Pop-Tart or something? So there was a mascot that was a Pop-Tart. with Literally a an edible Pop-Tart. Correct. And the players... Wait, I could have taken a bite of that costume? The players did, Jake. Oh, my God. You need to look at this look video. Up up. I'm going to look. Was it a s'more Pop-Tart at least? No, I think it was a, sh- a strawberry, I think. Those are still delightful, too. Yeah. I would have taken a bite. Would you? Oh, 100%. I, I'm okay. jealous Even if that it I wasn't, wasn't toasty. there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I right. doubt it was still toasty. Although he did go into a gigantic toaster. Yeah. You know, so put, they, so turn they, the heat on, put on like 85 in there. It's one of nice the craziest. I'm telling you right now, it's one of the crazy. You got to look this up. It's one of the I'm craziest things you have ever seen. I can't wait. Just a bunch of people eating a human in Correct. a costume. Yeah. All right. I'm That's in. what happened. I'm check this out. <laughs> All right. Next, we have uh, our two college football playoff games the Rose Bowl, which is now sponsored by, I used to love when it was Vizio for some reason. Always makes me think of like Stanford playing somebody back on the yeah, you love a cheap days. TV. Stanford, like Michigan State. Uh, Rose Bowl is presented by Prudential. We have number four Alabama at 
it's not at, but they they're with Michigan here. Michigan's actually laying a point and a half as we see right now. I think I'm gonna take Michigan. Uh, I want Alabama 100. percent Okay, so I'm gonna take Michigan, and I'm gonna say that the, I just feel like it's their year in a very wow. uh, Brownsian way. But I, it's, wow. gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be vacated, so it won't matter ultimately. But I do feel like things are gonna go their way. Just a hunch. All right, Texas and Washington in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh, 12 and one Texas 13 0 Washington. They have Texas laying four points. I want mm-hmm. the Huskies. Yeah, agreed. Give me the Huskies. All right. There's our college ball picks that are going to define our season. Next, we have the NFL, <laughs> where last week Andrew made up some ground. Last week, Andrew went eight and seven. I went five and ten. So as we head into the home stretch here, two weeks left. I'm 72, 74, and five. Andrew is 70, 75, and five. So still loosen up the shirt collar. Things are getting tight. We have Lions at Cowboys hitting leadoff. Cowboys laying five and a half. I like those points. I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the points for sure. I uh, don't fully understand this line, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, the, these, the, these... the thought is Dallas is just much, much better at home, right? Like they've been playing well, really well at home. It's the, I'm just. Yeah, just no, I, you're right. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I think the Lions are a better team. I do too. I would be really, it would catch me by surprise. The Lions very much alive for the one seed if they laid a stinker. Yeah, they lost by a Dallas. touchdown. That would be disappointing. All right. Well, next we have Bills Patriots. Bills are laying 14. Yeah. Can you trust the Bills no. to cover 14? I don't think I can. I think I'm taking Pats and the points. Agreed. Yeah. It feels crazy to do because the Patriots might not score at all. But I, <laughs> I, the Bills are, yeah. You, they're, tr- they're the best bad team I've ever seen. Exactly. Trust is the right word. You can't trust them can't trust them we have falcons at bears bears laying two and a half uh i don't know who to take in this one i have uh, no feel for it the falcons coming the off a win over the colts yeah. uh i will probably take the falcons great all right next we have colts hosting the raiders the colts are laying three and a half mm-hmm. um again another game where <laughs> i do not know who to trust in this one i think i'm going to take the colts to cover that like a 24 20 I want uh, the Raiders and the points. They are a different team. Their defense is playing lights out since they made that coaching change, and uh, they're still technically alive for the playoffs. So I I think that Max Crosby, that defense, can make things very uncomfortable for Gardner Minshew. Rams at Giants. Rams are laying five and a half on the road at the Giants. I will take the Rams cover that. Yeah, you got to lay those points there. The Giants are one of the teams that have literally nothing to play for. I would not want to see the Rams in the playoffs on the NFC side. But that would agree. I think I was actually thinking about this today, uh, driving around, uh, thinking about how the Browns match up with the NFC teams because I've really lost my mind. And uh, rematch, the, rematch. The Rams and the uh, Eagles are the teams I decided from the NFC I would be least excited to see. Me too. I'm with that. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals Eagles. We have the Eagles uh, laying twelve at home. I think they are. Hard to trust right now, Andrew. Yeah. Who are you taking? It's a big number. I want the points because the Cardinals are one of the teams that are bad that have not quit. I'll take the points. So we split them up. Don't love it, but I will. Uh, I'll t- sorry, I'll take the Eagles to cover. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. How I said that did not make sense. All right. Next is Saints Bucks. Bucks laying two and a half. I I think I think I'm all in on the but I was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you were I think really. They're going to finish this mm-hmm. thing, so yeah. I think I'm going to take them to win by field goal. Listen, Baker Mayfield does deserve credit. I think Dave Canales deserves a ton of credit for the way yeah. that he has designed an offense that works for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, 
it's Mike Evans, dude. Got it. Got a yeah, shout out. Mike I mean, Evans. obviously that's a big part of it. That is a big well, part of it. I mean, I'm just saying like Baker is not really connected with the number one guy. Totally. Like, he just has never Absolutely. found that. Yeah. And Evans has had thousand yard years every single year in the NFL, an unbelievable streak. He's on a hall of fame path. Yeah. I think he's already pretty close to being there. Agreed. And like for him to like find the success with pinched around Tom Brady is Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Mike Evans. I just want to give him some love. No, I think that's a great point. And I'll go one further and say that the Bucks are going to probably be hosting either the Eagles, more likely the Cowboys. And there is nothing more Mike McCarthy than going mm-hmm. on the road and losing to Baker Mayfield in the first round of the playoffs. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, yeah. I like that matchup. That'll be spicy television. That's All cool. right. Next, we have 49ers at Commanders. 49ers laying 13 and a half on the road against <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> This is Kyle Shanahan, man. This is Kyle Shanahan. He's going to for- score 45 points against the Commanders. Back week. And everybody's back. going to be like, have you seen this dude? He should be coach of the year. He's so good <laughs> at scheming up the worst defense in the league. I can't believe how good he is at what he does. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're, I can't believe he's all these winning seasons never won coach of the year. Yeah, right. Uh, he can't win the important games. Battle of the Kitty Cats. We have Panthers. Jaguars, Jaguars we'll both lay in the points. By the way, with 49ers see, Commanders, we didn't see, even say anything about it, but guess it didn't need to be said. Yeah, um, you get C.J. Beathard in this one. Yeah, and uh, I think I would. I mean, the Jags are still laying four. Wild, right? With, Isn't that wild? I think I'm going to take the Panthers, who are actually playing some better ball of late. Almost yep. came back and beat the Packers. I think I'm yep. going to take that pretty comfortable. I think that's my money line. So, oh, are we doing that? Nope, I just wanted to say it so you guys know how confident I am in that one. I don't even want the points. I think I take the Panthers and I pick them in that one. I am. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with the Jaguars, just based on the fact that the Panthers have nothing to play for and the Jags have. And the Jake was so confident in it. And yeah, and I love to go against Jake when he's confident. Dolphins at the Ravens. Ravens laying three and a half at home against the Dolphins. Who you taking? This is going to really come down to the injuries. Kyle Hamilton questionable. If he's not playing, that changes how I see this Mm -hmm. one going, but. Mm-hmm. I think the Ravens are going to give the Dolphins a hard time. And I really wanted to believe that there was a path to the Browns winning the division, but I, I think the Ravens are just, they're doing a there really was. good job. It was a real path that they, they struggled with some of them. They just, yeah. they, they found a way and kudos no, to and them. That's, it, and that's what they've been doing. And it's, that's why John Harbaugh, we've been annoyed with Mike Tomlin for so long. John Harbaugh is, is, an even better version because he's done a better job of hiring coordinators. So I'll take the Ravens. I, I would put John Harbaugh in, in like I'd put Dan Campbell and Harbaugh as the two serious. D'Amico Ryan's maybe right yeah. in there. Yeah, but like the Harbaugh doesn't get enough credit. No, he I agree. Really enough credit. I he agree. He should be in the running. I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins. Oh, I apologize. I just assumed. Um, yeah, that, that I wasn't uh, an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot, folks. <laughs> I'm taking the Dolphins. I actually think they lose by three. I think the Ravens, the Tucker yeah. walk off win. Yeah. So I think I, I like that. Uh, Texans, Titans. We have the Titans traveling to Houston. Uh, the Texans are laying four at home. That looks like CJ is going to play. Yeah, he's definitely going to so, play. So this line makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. It should be six. Should be more. I think I'll comfortably take the Texans against Tampa. Absolutely. I, the only thing people can be guessing maybe is that the, the, uh, He's not going to be right after having a few weeks off as a rookie. And I understand yeah. it, but man, I think they've, they're in a must win situation. Yeah. How they bounce back from really getting, I mean, the Browns kicked their ass. They, they did. really got after him. They did. 
um, will be interesting to watch. I'll be tuned into that one. Steelers travel out west, play the Seahawks. They are laying <laughs> three and a half. The Seahawks are laying three and a half at home. Mason Rudolph's splits home and road. Yeah. Pretty ugly. Yeah. I'm going to take Seahawks pretty comfortably. Oh, absolutely. I cannot believe this line is three and a half. Uh, the Seahawks have one of the few true home advantages in the game. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers have not traveled well this year. I, I I have a feeling this goes really poorly for them, but of course, you I, made fun of me for picking them last week. I sure did, and you nailed it. So I hope that they. I want their season to end. It would be great. It would be great for it to end in really dramatic fashion out there in, in Seattle. Although did I hear, do, did you hear Ken Carmen's call? I did. Yeah, what That's a just an elite that guy. Elite I mean, <laughs> the bet. The part I liked the best was that it was clear that the Pittsburgh guys knew it was him, and they couldn't figure out what to say to make fun of yep. him. They couldn't even meet him on the comedy scale. Right. Couldn't they, find yeah, any they way just, to meet him. It was, yeah, it was like a guy dropping a. I mean, he just he couldn't even. I can't even come up with a joke now. It's uh, it just was, an improvisation moment for everybody, and those right. guys couldn't even. Like, they fumbled step on it completely, and he just was laughing the whole way. He is. It, we are so lucky in Cleveland. I mean, you talk about the guys that do the play by play, stepping his game up too. The radio hosts. I mean, it's yeah. it's really cool. Like there, there's always tough listens or whatever but there's also some really cool people here there are they don't get enough credit i think it gets overshadowed i also love that they do jim donovan and zagura like moments after the big play agreed they replay it up with their audio in the stadium yep. and it's just like some goosebump stuff happens on those so really cool great job by the stadium production I, i'll say that the, the uh the air horn like ship horn yeah third down thing this year is that the thing kudos yeah. that is so much better than what they've done in the past and I think it plays perfectly. They have the kid that shreds that guitar still. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that stadium environment, man. I know I said it on the way home. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I was watching some videos that people put on stuff, and I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, it it was, whew, like, if the Browns yeah. continue to be really good, oh, man. really good, and mm-hmm. they get themselves into these meaningful late games, that's the first one we've ever seen them have where they could pack the stadium in a meaningful December game. Teams aren't going in there and winning. You're not. They couldn't. The Jets couldn't hear. They yeah. couldn't here and uh then you add the weather component in there too it becomes a real real legit it could it could absolutely be at the top of the league home field advantage wise but it it, they need to keep it up but i I really believe that this uh, you know this is looking far into the future jake but i really do believe this is the year that this stuff has really the all the old brown stuff has finally been killed because it just it it doesn't apply to them anymore it really doesn't we're gonna look back on 23 fondly hopefully for a while this is the one Chargers at Broncos in the nobody gives a shit bowl. It is a Broncos laying three and a half. I know the Broncos are still in alive starting yeah. Stidham. Yep. I don't know who to pick on this. The Broncos like having Russell Wilson's out there getting interviewed today. Yeah. They're a mess. Yeah. They're a mess. Yeah. It, I think I'm going to actually take the Chargers to cover three and a half or uh, to, to, with the points. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to lay the points with the Broncos just on the, the assumption that they need something. And also Peyton put his neck out there by doing all of this and typically in a meaningless situation like this, they'll pay it off. So, all right. Well, we'll see it. I mean, it would be funny. Sidham's actually been okay when he's yeah. gotten these opportunities yeah. too. He's so. a playable quarterback. Bengals travel to the Chiefs. Their Chiefs are laying six and a half. I got to take the Bengals in the points. 100%. The Chiefs aren't covering any any of these big spreads. No, I, the only question is if Jamar that, like, didn't play. But should. yeah, no. I I mean, I think this is this is pretty clear cut here. Just the the Chiefs are struggling to score points. Period. So. But the, the Bengals defense has been rough this year, so maybe this is a get-right day, game for the Chiefs. It's a big game. It's a yeah. really big game. Yep. Uh, Packers at Vikings closed this whole week out, 
and the Jaron Hall led Vikings team are the favored. How on earth is this the Sunday night game? What up? Just put, just put us both down for the Packers too. I, I can't I can't fathom how that guy's the no. They, we know nothing about this dude. He's hurt so quickly yep. in that first start and like yep. a big primetime game. We're supposed, uh, you're, you're you're giving points. Yeah. Like, what? I mean, the only I, thing I'll say is that Flores and that defense is going to give Jordan Love some some rough stuff. But I I think the Packers. I trust Matt Lafleur to figure out a way to kind of keep the ball out of Love's hands in in pressure situations. Right on. Me too, man. All right. It's late. It's really late. We're recording this, so we're going to get the hell out of here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We did a lot of good topics. I think we covered everything we were supposed to. Hopefully you enjoyed the reaction podcast. Seems like you guys are enjoying that. Um, We're going to get some more content to you in the coming days. We've got a couple extra days to get you guys some some stuff out there. We'll we'll make sure we take care of that. Obviously, uh, Chalk Talk will be on Monday. We'll get back to a normal schedule of that on YouTube where we'll break down the game. So all that stuff. I appreciate Andrew staying up doing this show. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. And I'm really not making fun of us for the picks because we, we've not been great. You guys have been very kind and not poking fun at us online about that. So shout out to you. Uh, we will check back in on Sunday with something. We'll have some sort of banter on some sort of topic. Not sure what it is yet, but we'll figure it out. So there'll be a Sunday morning podcast for you too. Again, as I always say, thanks for making this podcast a part of your day. We always appreciate that very much. Your guys' support has been remarkable towards the, the end of the season, and we really appreciate that. So for Andrew and myself, thanks for stopping by. Go Browns.